Hi, Kirby. Hi, Sarah. Welcome, Welcome to, to Los Angeles. Welcome, Glamgelinos. We hope you stay a while. <laughs> Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Glams, we're going to be going on a fall break. It's not even fall yet, technically, but when we do go on fall break, it will be fall break. (laughs) Mamas need a break, so we are going to take three episodes off. So after today's ep, you will not hear from us again until September 29th. Do you remember the 21st? What a September it's been, you guys. I can't believe it's already almost done. I know. Okay, a couple things. First off... I was revisiting NSYNC's discography, as one does. (laughs) And if Patrick were to propose and have J.C. Chazé there, wouldn't you want him to sing for the girl who has everything? Because it just seems so appropriate. And then he sings the entire song. Yeah, that's true. I am very partial to that song. (laughs) I am. Because that's the song that was sung to me. Oh, see? I will not stop talking about this. This was the song that they sang to us on stage. You know how fine you are. Why? And <laughs> nobody, nobody needs to, to say, say it. <laughs> when we like host our own Los Angeles con, <laughs> the only person that will be there of note will be JC Shazay. Forget all your favorite brown founders. It's just me, Sarah, and JC Shazay. And on that note, if Meow Mix would like to sponsor the event, our emails are open. Hell yeah. Let's get some Farmer's Dog sponsors, too. I mean, Jinx, Chris Evans. It's literally just Los Angeles. People think they're coming for beauty. They're just getting hot men. Hot men. Hot men. Hot men. Someone call Michael B. Jordan. We have. Don't even. Don't even. Hot men con. Why does that not exist? I feel like that's like a vanity thing where guys are like, should I should I yeah. really be a part of this? It's kind of like sexiest man alive. It's like, do I really go there? We would call it something. And then when they show up, it's actually called hot man con. And they're and literally we, we're conning the hot men to be there. <laughs> we're like, we're awarding you for your philanthropic efforts towards jinx. We're just or sorry, not jinx. Psych. You're here because you're hot. <laughs> No, you're like, jinx, but also psych, Chris Evans. We didn't even talk about the surprise wedding. I texted Kirby. I was like, do you want to talk about it? And she was like, no. Because I was telling my friend Marina about this. It's got feelings. He's 42 and he's, okay, I'm not getting into age discourse. I'm not, I'm not. They're grown adults. They can do whatever they do. And we're really going to leave it at that. I want to see pics. Same. I need to see that man in a tux. Every woman wants to see him in like a I'm getting married tux, you know? Oh, my God. He look, probably looks so good. Do you think that Dodger was his best man? 100% Dodger was involved. Oh, my gosh. He probably was the ring bearer. He's just like traipsing down the aisle. Yes. Yeah, something. And there was like a jinx bar. Everyone was allowed to bring their dogs as guests. 
I would love to have Quinn at our wedding, but literally she would just be raising all kinds of hell. Oh my gosh. When we had Ollie at our wedding, I felt so bad because he was clearly just like stressed. It was like just too much happening. You know what I mean? And then he like walked down the aisle and then we basically, after the ceremony, we like gave him to a friend's parents who lived nearby. And he was just like, this was the worst weekend of my life. He's like, where am I going? What are we doing here? Yeah. Like, why am I wearing a bow tie? Speaking of a swag bar, I just wanted to say thank you to everyone who contributed to Zoe's princess party extravaganza. Did you read the card that I wrote? I did. It was the cutest card. I made Zoe bask in it. It was like this pop up with a unicorn. It was a really, really good card. Also an amazing gift. A little makeup set. A little Chanel moment. A Chanel dupe that she already took to the store with her. And the cutest tutu of all time. I hope it fits. I can't wait to have her pictures. It's so cute. But it was the cutest party, y'all. It was the cutest party. Thank you for coming. So Sarah had like a full table of like children's paraphernalia that like they can make little gift bags with like toothpaste and hair brushes from Bobble Bar. Bobble Bar had the cutest little hair brushes. Tower 28 gave their like tiny little shine on lip jellies. We had Hello Bello body wash. We had Tubby Todd all over ointment, which we've talked about on the podcast before. What else did we have? Shake Shack catered. Oh, obviously. Shake Shack catered James Marsden's 50th birthday on Saturday evening and then Zoe's third birthday on Sunday lunchtime. I regret to tell you that Zoe cannot be saved now. She is fully in it. She is in it. She's going to expect a gifting suite at every single one of her parties. I'm scared for her super sweet 16. Oh, my God. Someone said that. This is on you. Matt was like, I'm not really sure how I feel about bringing capitalism into our (laughs) three-year-old party. And I was like dying laughing. I'm like, Matt, accept it. Accept it. Do you know how much Shake Shack costs? Just accept it. Oh, my God. I'm like thinking to myself this whole time. I'm like, in my next life, I want to come back as like a dad because you just show up. You show up to the party. Totally. And then before we went to bed, he was like, I don't want to ask you how much everything costs. So I'll just, I just won't. And I was like, yeah, don't. Yeah. Just live your life. Fund it and be quiet. That's all we need. We will organize. (laughs) Yes. And Kirby helped so much. Thank you for coming and supporting and being Zoe's best auntie. It's just so fun when you have little children in costumes and like a theme. I love a theme party. They all had face paint on. Yeah. Oh, my God. The face painter was incredible. She was serious. No. Respect to this face painter. Yeah. Olga. Yeah. Olga needs to be hired for beauty events in Los Angeles. Someone grab her. Yeah. You know that she's like actually really, really good doing her own makeup at home. Yeah. And she had like all these little modalities like to apply the paint in certain ways. I was like, okay, girl, get it. I know the gradient of it all. It was so good. It was fabulous. So happy third birthday, Princess Zoe. Happy third birthday. Kirby, you went to BeautyCon this weekend. You did a lot this weekend. How was it? BeautyCon is back. I have many thoughts. And I went on Saturday. It was a two-day experience. And we've talked about it on this podcast when the announcement was made. I'm actually shocked a lot of people don't know this. A lot of people that I saw talking about it online had no idea BeautyCon was even back. They only knew 
because people were posting about it. But back in the summer, it was announced that Essence Ventures was overtaking BeautyCon as we knew it. BeautyCon hasn't happened since 2019. And there was a whole discourse around why that happened and the behind the scenes of it all and the way people were treated and things of that nature. There was an account created called BeautyCon by Moj. So there was like a lot of drama surrounding BeautyCon before Essence took it over. I don't know if the drama has dissipated. I will say that. But before we get into some critiques, I do want to talk about the positives because I think that there's a lot of things that maybe were overlooked based on some logistical issues because they were so apparent that they still need to be applauded. This is my BeautyCon 2023 State of the Union, okay? This year, I think it was abundantly clear that diversity and inclusion was the main focus. And I think a lot of these bigger events claim to do that, but it really feels tokenized in a lot of ways. This just felt like a through line throughout the entire experience. So I really, really loved that. The lineup was more diverse than I've ever seen it before. On the expo floor, there were smaller independent Black-owned brands exhibiting, and then brands that cater to the Black consumer, like Palmer's Cocoa Butter and Shea Moisture. And then there was like Sable Labs, which is from um, the Elba family. And just like a lot of more niche Mm -hmm. type of exhibits where it felt like they're really catering to not just Black men and women, but maybe people of color overall. So I really, really appreciated that. And I felt like that felt really authentic. It didn't feel like just like, a, oh, well, we got to make sure we have like this many Black-owned brands and this many Asian-owned brands and like whatever. You know what I mean? And that was reflected also with the people that were attending, yeah? Yes. I mean, usually you go to BreedyCon and it's extremely white. Mm -hmm. Like it feels very white. And I felt like I not only was there diversification in terms of, you know, race, but the age demographic was crazy. I mean, I saw literally like children, 12 year old girls. So like women in their probably 50s and 60s. And then, of course, like millennials and Gen Z. But it almost kind of felt like a family affair in a way. And this will like kind of get into my next point, which This is definitely mostly, I think, consumer driven. Mm. It didn't feel like it was focused specifically on industry like a lot of these beauty cons had in the past or even like an Ipsy or maybe other cons that you've gone to that they're beauty focused and you go and it's like, oh, these are like industry people. Like these are people in the thick of it or people that are like, I want to be a content creator or I want to be this. This just felt like people coming. Yeah to experience the experience. We talk about this a lot. Like, yeah, it's great to cater to New York and LA and, you know, the insiders. But the whole point of having a successful brand is like (laughs) selling the product to people. And so I felt like it was really inclusive in that way, too. And I had spoken to some employees of BeautyCon internally in the summer, and they had mentioned this, that it was going to be a completely different beauty con, that they really wanted to take it back like to the consumer. And I think that they did achieve that. It didn't feel like, oh, so-and-so's here and so-and-so, you know what I mean? It didn't feel like that. It felt very like everybody was on the same playing field. I have a question in terms of like the vibes of the 
the booths? Like, was it mostly Instagrammable moments or was it like people just giving out free product or could you actually buy product? That's a good question. I don't think you could buy product. I think there was one booth that you didn't have to buy product, but I don't think people liked that. I think that they were there to get free samples of products. There was a main sponsor, which was Walmart, and they had like a huge like creator type studio set up so you could go and get photo ops and things of that. I believe that was the longest line there. Shea Moisture had a stunning setup. They weren't like the presenting sponsor, but they were a major sponsor. I saw Palmer's Cocoa Butter and they had like a booth set up, but it wasn't like a photo op, but they were passing out samples. EOS was there and they had a photo op where they had like a, they had like an EOS like mascot, like in a. Oh my God, how cute. Like the little lip balm. I don't know if it was the lip balm. I can't remember. I think it was like a hand sanitizer or something, which by the way, I tried that hand sanitizer. I'm like, it kind of smells like vanilla vodka, but like it felt really good on my hands. Yeah, it was like a little aggressive, but I really liked it. So all that to say is the exhibition floor was packed. I'll get to that in a minute because it's going to play into like something that I had thought before I went in. But I loved the production of the stage where the panels were taking place. It was very well lit. It was nicely set up. The way the chairs were organized was like really smart. It felt very intimate, but there was still enough for people to sit down and they had monitors all over the place. So if you couldn't get there, you could see what was happening and they had an interpreter there. I really think they thought of everything, which I thought was great in terms of inclusivity. They had like a VIP track that you could buy. I can't remember how much those tickets cost because it's not on the website anymore because they sold out of those. But you would get this VIP hauler bag when you left if you had this ticket. And I mean, that bag was stacked. They had incredible brands. It was like Topicals, Glossier, Shea Moisture, like basically anybody on the exhibition floor donated. And then even more brands donated to that bag. It was, I think, definitely over $1,000 worth of product easily. I don't know how much that VIP ticket cost, but it certainly was not $1,000. Yeah, it was probably like a couple hundred, maybe. Maybe, because the tickets on the website for the two-day pass, it was $35. And for the individual days, it was $23. And I heard that they knocked down the price like closer to the event. You know, I think that's what got a lot of people in the door as well. And... I texted you this, Sarah, but I think walking the exhibition floor and like seeing the creators that they had on stage and then just the audience in general, it's proof that brands need to start investing in the Black consumer if they haven't already. I'm clearly not speaking to brands that already do this. I was kind of surprised to not see like bigger makeup names exhibiting, but I also kind of see why they might not. Because one thing that I learned from Kim Kardashian is she never accepts an award when it's the first year of the award being given. I find that fascinating. There's a few reasons. She doesn't want people to use her name to be able to get other people to like sponsor and things like of that nature, just because it's like, oh, well, Kim got the award last year. You know, she like sets the precedent for everybody. But then also she's like, is this going to exist in a year? Am I just going to be the only person that ever gets this? And it's like meaningless. So I could see why brands would be like, let's see how this first new go round goes after four years to see if it's actually worth. Right. And I think, too, like to your point of BeautyCon still having this reputation from BeautyCon past, like 
they really needed to prove themselves this year that they changed under new management. So if I were a brand, I too would also be like, let's see how things go next year. Way wants to give you the confidence to live life your way, especially on wash day. Whether your strands are fine, medium, or thick, Way has shampoo and conditioner that's quick. From volume and shine to deeply hydrating, Way helps you find your way on good hair days every single day. Yeah. <laughs> Did y'all like that shingle? Did I get everything I needed to tell you about Way in that singular jingle? Y'all, what can be said? We love Way. We've talked about this a million times. We are so thankful that Way is a partner of Los Angeles because literally, I mean, we've had Jen Atkin on the podcast, the founder. We, I feel like we grew up with this brand. Like we remember when it launched, they have expanded so much, but one thing remains the same. Hair is the piece de resistance of this brand. I'm personally obsessed with the detox shampoo. Y'all heard me rave about this. I literally just talked about it on the podcast a couple of weeks ago. But that is what my scalp needs because you know that I do not wash my hair every single day. And by the way, I had the cleanest scalp at the Dyson event the other week. So I'm just telling you, <laughs> it works. They have something for every hair type. No matter if your scalp is super dry or your hair is super thin and you want some volume or maybe it's overly processed. Like, let me hold your hand when I tell you this. You may need a leave-in conditioner. You may need one. And there's no shame in that game. Bust out the way leave-in conditioner. We love it. I mean, they have so many products, whether it's shampoo and conditioner, treatment products, styling products, fragrance. We love everything Way. Way guarantees a good hair day. And you can wash your way to healthier hair with shampoos and conditioners made just for you from way of course just go to t-h-e-o-u-a-i.com and use the code gloss for 15 percent off your entire purchase that's the way.com and use code gloss again that's t-h-e-o-u-a-i.com code gloss for 15 percent off your entire purchase this kind of goes back to what you and i have talked about industry versus mainstream consumer if you go on TikTok and you read comments on the posts that people did about BeautyCon this year, people refer to 2019 BeautyCon and are like, that was the BeautyCon. It was epic. It was lit. It was all these things. To the consumer, that BeautyCon was major. To the industry, that BeautyCon was when all hell broke loose. It was logistically a nightmare for the people that were going to be on the panels brands were unhappy. There was like a variety of things going on behind the scenes that did not feel quote unquote lit. But to the consumer, they were like, this is a spectacle. It's amazing. It's like well thought out. So here are a few things that I'd like to point out. I was surprised that it was packed because they were giving away a ton of tickets in the 11th hour. The week of this event, I saw influencers doing posts saying BeautyCon is back. I'm giving away XYZ tickets. I know that they offered certain publishers thousands of tickets to give away. I mean, the BeautyCon account itself was giving away 500 tickets on like the Wednesday before. I think optically that really helped them because the conversation inside of the reef where this was held, that when I was speaking to people in the industry that were coming again, you know, for the first time after all this time, was like, how many of these people in here paid for a ticket? And I'm like, it actually doesn't matter because optically the brands are getting a ton of people interacting with their brand. It was packed. It wasn't like there was nobody in the audience. Yeah, they just needed bodies there. 
Yes. It's not like this event was to make any sort of money. It was just like, we need to like rebrand. We need people to come and we need people to talk about it. <laughs> yes. So I was pleasantly surprised. I mean, I was telling Sarah, like, I don't know how this is going to go. And when I showed up and I saw a line outside to get in, I was like, okay, is this just like for optics? Do we really need a line? And they did because I truly feel they did oversell. They had to be over capacity. The exhibition floor was definitely a fire hazard. Logistically, it did not make sense. I was literally like squeezing between people. There were strollers everywhere. What? Yeah. People trying to push strollers. People brought their babies. Yes. There was no like line. I mean, there were some lines, but like there were too many people to fit onto that floor. It should have been bigger. And I've been to events at the Reef before where this was held. I Fame Expo has been there. Indie Beauty Expo. That's what used to be there. Yes. Indie Beauty Expo. Okay. Okay. And I've seen it set up in a way that makes sense, especially having like an exhibition floor. I don't think this made sense. I think that this was a little chaotic. And I know I'm not alone in that. There are a ton of videos on TikTok that are like, that was a mess. That was a mess. So logistically, for me, <laughs> this doesn't make too much sense. Although the panel area with the stage was set up beautifully and I thought looked great and was really accessible, you could not hear anything because where it was set up was in the same area where there was like a concession, which I appreciated. They had like a full concession with food and drink and all that stuff. So you weren't just like starving if you wanted to be there all day. Oh, that's great. But people were so loud that it was like distracting from trying to watch the panels. And so I feel like you need to have it set up. So it's like, if you're going to go to a panel, there's not like hundreds of people in the back just talking the whole time. So logistically, I think they need to figure that out. I thought it was weird that Kelly Rowland was basically the biggest headliner of the entire weekend. And she was not announced until Friday, the day before the event actually kicked off. Well, that's because she probably did not confirm until an hour before that. <laughs> yes, it felt like, they were pulling in talent at the last minute to maybe get people there. It's not that I don't think anybody went there to see specific panelists, because I do think that there were certain panelists that have a very engaged community. But I felt that most people were there just to have the experience. They weren't like, oh, I need to go because I need to see X, Y, Z person. It was, I want to go and see what this is all about, maybe get some free product and get a picture and like all of that stuff. Yeah. Yeah. The other thing that I was a little nervous about before we got into this was initially when they were giving us early access to submit for credentials, they were making editors at least provide a proof of assignment from the outlet that they were working with. I'm not going to have a proof of assignment for a thing that hasn't been going on for four years. Also, never. We would never. Literally never. I'm a freelancer. Yeah. And like, as someone who's not a freelancer, it's like against most editorial policies. No one can ever guarantee coverage. That is what you would call like a sponsored post or like a partnership of some sort. Right. I immediately was like, this makes me a little sus because why? Yeah. I do want to point this out because at the bare minimum, your website should be locked up. The website was a mess. It was a mess. You were trying to go through and see when any particular panel was, who was speaking on that panel. There was a list of panelists, but it wasn't like 
so-and-so and so-and-so are going to talk about the trials and tribulations of being a creator. It was like celebrity makeup artists will lead a tutorial, but like no name. Someone told me who I saw there that they got more information when they downloaded the app. But some of the TikToks that I saw, they were like, there was like not a lot of signage. There was not a lot of indication of what was happening and when. I guess it really did feel just like first year of an event that they they need to figure out. There were plenty of other things that I could bring up here. But I will say, please stop having events at the reef. Please. I know there's a parking lot across the street, but the reef is literally the worst venue. I hate going there. It feels dark. They they did a great job of, you know, putting up beauty con signage and stuff like that and trying to make it feel a little bit better. But I don't know. I just think that the way that that it's set up, you're asking for traffic flow issues. You're asking for just... I'm trying to think, like, where were the beauty cons previous? They were downtown. They were at the convention center. That makes sense. Size-wise, this year, they just were like, we don't know that we could fill it. Where was Sephora that first year? Shrine Auditorium. They built it out. They built it out. Or, like, somewhere near Shrine, at least, I remember. But I did see some TikToks, and I will note that some of the criticisms were, like, definitely traffic flow and logistical issues in that exhibition hall. Just point blank. Everyone was like, that was a mess. So a lot of people were like, this was a scam. Like, this was not good. Like, some people that went the first day said they were not going back the second day are going to try to get their money back. But I really don't think you can call something a scam when you paid $35. I don't. Yeah, that's a deal, honey. You you paid $35. Name something else you could do in LA for $35. You can't have lunch. You can't even buy a tank of gas these days. Absolutely not. So I did feel like it was weird. But then I also was thinking it was hilarious because people were like, beauty con. Oh, right. And I'm like, babes, you don't even know like the history of this, this thing. So overall, this is what I would do. I think they do need to really nail down what this is in the future. I think that there are some elements of past beauty cons that have to be brought into the new beauty con for it to make sense because people are going to expect it. So you do need the big names. You need them signed on at the beginning to drive people to come see them. I had a CMO message me and go, we didn't even receive a deck for this to like pitch to be like, can you be a part of this? And they expressed that they probably would have wanted to be. Okay, here's like something that I think this is just me assuming based on what you've said and things that I know. I feel like, yes, Essence Ventures like obviously knows how to throw an incredible event. But I feel like they don't have like real beauty people as part of their team, you know, like people that have the experience, the connections, relationships. They have like people who are experts at hosting these big events, but then they need like the people who (laughs) can make these decks and pitch it to the right people. You know what I mean? Like, obviously they did an incredible job with the relationships that they currently had, but I think, like you said, they could do a lot better if they just had the right people helping them. Right. I think they have their head in the right spot. The consumer is driving this. And I really love that. I think that like needs to maintain the focus. And I just think they need to figure out their direction and what this is going to look like, because even though it was the most diverse and inclusive I've ever seen it, it wasn't that much different than the original. I felt like it didn't have as many big names, per se, but maybe that's not what they wanted either. 
Yeah. Like maybe this is they're turning it more into, like you said, a consumer event, which is great. I think there needs to be something for regular people who enjoy beauty. Like not everything needs to be catered to influencers or wannabe influencers, right? Or even like beauty obsessed people, just like people that like going to Sephora and finding things and calling it a day. Yes. Yes. I feel like it's promising. Like congrats on a, can we call it successful event? I I don't know, because I don't know what their barometer of success is, but at least it wasn't empty. It wasn't empty. There were a ton of people, very inclusive. They got Kelly Rowland. Was Tia Mowry there? Tia Mowry was there, Marsai Martin. Okay, so yeah, so they got some good names. Like, I feel like BeautyCon 2024, good things coming. Yes, agreed. And they have learned from some of the mistakes of this first one. Thank you, everyone, for listening this week. We will be back on Friday with another great guest interview. Make sure you subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts and follow us on Spotify so you don't miss any breaking beauty news or product reviews. And if you want to support us, be sure to follow us at Gloss Angeles Pod on all platforms and join our Facebook group. Plus, find every product we recommend on our website, glossangelespod.com, as well as links to the stories and news we report each week. You can follow us, your hosts, I'm Sarah Tan, that's S-A-R-A-T-A-N, on all social platforms. And I'm Kirby Johnson, K-I-R-B-I-E, on all social platforms. catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row dreaming of something better well hello fresh is your guilt-free dream come true baby it's me geeky palmer let's wake up those taste buds with hot juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi mm. hello fresh stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at hellofresh.com let's get this dinner party started 